Hey, so, uh, editing Zane here from the future, at least from the point of the video and audio of the podcast. The session itself for this episode was recorded uh, a week before Christmas. So, for context on the jokes and Santa Claus stuff, it's just. Yeah, there you go. Apologies for it coming uh, basically during Kwanzaa, but, well, holiday events take time, so. I'm not Santa Claus. I'm your host for the return of the podcast, Essence is in After Dark. We are on season three, episode one dash one, because uh, this is definitely um, <laughs> not our attempt to re record uh, uh, season three. Uh, <clears throat> as you can probably hear from the chuckles and the laughter, because again, this is definitely our first time recording and, and not a retake or a reshoot that happened two or three weeks after the initial recording. I'm joined by my studious co-host. You love him. You want to be him. You want to praise him. I'm talking about the man, the myth, the legend. Louis, that Mexican with a K. Sandoval, Louis, how are you doing on this not first, this absolutely first episode of season three? podcast we're doing great during uh take two i mean one <laughs> yes one absolutely first version <laughs> no i all redoing it <laughs> season three episode one uh for those curious uh we, we we came back a few weeks ago to shoot uh episode one of season three and uh totally blipped on my end i did not record lewis's audio so it, it sounded like a straight hour of me talking to myself and laughing to myself like the insane mad lad that i am so things like, happen for quite the horror game or horror horror movie you know what immersive horror podcast listen to man go insane as he talks to himself i like that <laughs> ASMR. Slap ASMR <laughs> at the end of it. So here we are. I am Zane Blaylock as I lose my mind. I am talking to myself. Yes, it is quite interesting, me. Oh, that is such a great joke. <laughs> okay. So, um, coming back... Uh, I'm a, this this episode might release either on Christmas or a few days before Christmas, either or. I hope everyone's having a great holiday time. Uh, we are rusty, as we have not actually been doing the podcast for a series of months in between the ending of Season 2. So hopefully the listeners and viewers for the video version of the podcast can bear with us as we move forward. But today on our docket... Because, again, we had to cut so much content that we talked about in the first uh, recording. Um, but, essentially, how I'm enjoying uh, my Steam Deck. Uh, 
Lewis, I mean, you and I talked a bit about this uh, a few weeks ago, but um, I picked up a Steam Deck uh, for myself early. Uh, mm. It was either early October or like right before October because it was a birthday gift to myself. Um, I am utterly, utterly impressed with it. It, it, it has ninety percent knocked out all expectations, and literally, what three months in. I'm still enjoying it with uh, very few problems, but I'll probably get around to doing a video about the Steam Deck and my experiences with it uh, in 2023, so you guys can look forward to that. Uh, Lewis, do you have any thoughts or opinions in general about the Steam Deck and the future of uh, Linux gaming, gaming on Linux? Hmm. No, no question. Just just uh, a comment that it's pretty exciting, right? It's expanding to yet another platform. Yeah, which would be like free and open, right? Mm. Could extend to a whole bunch of uh, other devices. So that's exciting in itself. Yeah, and and one of the major things that I did want to like uh, highlight that I think we did in the first recording, um, but just the usability and repairability, and just being open to users getting inside of it has just been um, a massive win. So there are three versions of the Steam Deck uh, to date currently at the time of recording this, and that is the low-end, mid, and then you know, the high-end version of the Steam Deck. Uh, mainly the differences is along with the storage size and essentially with the highest version of the Steam Deck, the, uh, the screen has a, an anti-glare uh, etching to it, so you get less glare in direct light and etc. But the biggest, 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 biggest thing I want to let people know who are comfortable with getting inside of devices is if you want to save about 200 bucks, give or take, depending on how much you're willing to spend for an SSD, you can buy the lowest end version of the Steam Deck, the 399 model or 299, I forget which, you know, the cost of it. You can open this bad boy up. And the lowest end version has a, a EMC a storage module in it, but it, it still utilizes the same form factor of the M.2 uh, connector. So, buy the cheapest version. Go to Amazon, Micro Center, uh, uh, Newegg, whatever site. Find you a compatible uh, short size, as in the actual physical size is rather short. Uh, M.2 uh, uh NVMe SSD, you can save a couple of hundred bucks, buy that bad boy, swap them out. The uh, Valve gives you the ISO to restore the actual OS for your system. It's a very simple process uh, in rela uh, relative to working on actual computers. So essentially you can upgrade your own low-end Steam Deck and save uh, a pretty penny. And that is just mwah, beautiful. Yeah, I remember we talked about that. Um, yeah, it's pretty neat that they didn't solder it on. I, mean, I remember having a pretty pretty great conversation around that. It's pretty nice. Good guy, Steam. Yeah. And so a lot of... In, in the, I, I really wish we had the first episode, or the first recording still. Uh, I made a comment saying I was contemplating whether or not to wait on Generation 2 of the Steam Deck. Uh, but of course, I went ahead and, and, and jumped the shark and bought you know, the first gen anyway, and thinking to myself, will I come to regret this decision? So over the weekend, I believe, um, Steam Deck actually, or engineers who worked on the Steam Deck talked about their future plans for it, 
And essentially the next quote unquote version of the Steam Deck will not be a second generation, but rather incremental improvements that mainly targets uh, the screen and the battery life meaning performance will likely not see a massive upgrade for the future iterations which is fine because again right now the current steam deck can play just about everything in my uh my steam library my uh, uh gog library and between you and me it may or may not be a fantastic emulator Like, uh, are we talking like handheld uh, console emulator or like uh, uh, more like dedicated TV emulator? Uh, a, a, little, a little bit of both. Uh, okay. Personally, I might have just stuck with uh, handheld emulation, but um, there may or may not be some videos out there of people getting uh, a Switch emulation going on <laughs> the Steam Deck and playing the latest Pokemon Violet and uh, Scarlet. And if you don't know anything about the new Pokemon games, the performance on the Switch is is, is pretty abysmal. It struggles to maintain 30 frames per second. Uh, and the Steam Deck has no problems uh, with some modifications running those games at a smoother frame rate. <laughs> That's getting into other territory, though, because I believe the actual game itself is just poorly optimized because you can tell the developers rushed uh, Pokemon... Uh, the violet and scarlet i keep forgetting the actual names of, of the game yeah i do i do too i just uh the only thing i, I know just is like uh um go off to off the rails a little bit um is that in this new generation they're making a bit a bit, a bit trickier to evolve some pokemon we have to like you know go to some mountaintop you know sacrifice a goat <laughs> like a three um while holding like a pendant and then your pokemon will evolve and like just like more complicated things like that, as opposed to just fighting and leveling up. I just hear it's a bit more involved. Which is also because like, that, that is true. I've heard that there are multiple Pokemon with, with weird, complicated ways to do evolution. But, right, right, right. But like, so like, were, were you uh, uh, an early? I won't say adopter, but when the first set of Pokemon games released, did you ever play like the first ones for Game Boy, Game Boy Advance, and etc.? Yeah, I think the first one I played was a uh, Pokemon Silver. Okay, so perfect. So you, you remember <laughs> the world of needing uh, HMs, TMs, um, yep. you know, Pokemon not having EXP share, so you had to literally fight, you know, with your select Pokemon to get them experience, etc. Yep. <laughs> so as the Pokemon days have it easier. Yes, <laughs> yes, dude. There's a whole joke. Uh, I forget the animator. He he's he's done, of course, some TikToks, but uh, some short level animations of people complaining about like when you start the new game, they give you a legendary Pokemon. You're, you're, what? Yes, what? <laughs> your first your first Pokemon is a legendary Pokemon. <laughs> oh man, come on! So it's like, it's like this whole joke where like the 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 older dad Pokemon trainer goes, and so it's like. All right, son, you're going to go out and go on your own adventure. Here, take this HM. Uh, Dad, we don't uh we don't really do HMs anymore. What? What? So, how how do you swim, fly or cut down trees? Uh, Dad, we 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 rent a Pokémon to do that for us. You, you rent what? <laughs> what? <laughs> you can just rent Pokémon now. <laughs> yes. Who does that the daycare? Do they even have a daycare anymore? Uh, oh my god. So, no um 
uh, I, I think when it comes to uh, Scarlet and Violet, no, there are no more daycares. You just end up having uh, eggs show up randomly when you go to your, your Pokemon picnics. And that has also spawned a level of memes and jokes that you can probably imagine. What? <laughs> Right. See, but my my uh, my idea was like going back to the evolution thing. Like my my idea of like a uh, tough evolution was like uh, Eevee and getting like a I don't know like a sunstone or a thunderstone stone and all that water stone and all that and just finding that to evolve and then being so happy that you finally got it. Yeah. Nah. <laughs> so I look, man. Like. Uh... I'll, I'll I'll probably talk more about this in depth in the future because my um I recently bought like not say recently the last Pokemon game I bought was Pokemon Arceus which is a prequel about how they first started to to learn from Pokemon and how they first started capturing Pokemons and etc. I bought this game at full price uh, like a week after it released. I've not played it once. Hmm. And. It was basically because I, I, I tried to hype myself up to play it, and I couldn't because I had played Pokemon Sword and Shield. Now, okay. I enjoyed Pokemon Sword and Shield, but I saw nothing but a slew of issues with it. And that basically destroyed all form of uh, excitement to play any future Pokemon games. And I don't know if you've seen the, the compilation of bugs that Pokemon Violet and Scarlet had. It, it's ridiculous too. Like it, some of the the player models, like again, they're 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 models of like kids, you know, the, the children characters. Okay. There are glitches that makes their legs and arms stretch so they become like this. You know, <laughs> <laughs> All like, right. Was, I can find oh, Pokemon Scarlet Violet uh, stretched. Uh, NPC or something. Uh, a glitch. Whew. And this is how you know the podcast is truly back, everybody. We uh, our first topic was <laughs> the, the Steam Dick, and we got off on a tangent about Pokemon. Uh, okay, I am going to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna post a picture in the in the Discord. Hold on. Oh, hold on. It won't let me. Okay, let me do a screen grab. Come on, just give me the copy. Wait, those are the starters. Oh, the the duck, the the crocodile, and the green cat. Oh, is that what the other one is? Is the crocodile? It's, oh, it's something like I, a crocodile. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love, I love like, uh, for alligator so much more. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be fair, the 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 red little crocodile thing actually does have a cool final evolution. Does it? Yeah, the bird has been completely mean to high hell and back because uh, <laughs> it. it, it to, to put it bluntly, the final evolution of the bird looks like uh, a um, uh, what's the proper term? Um, yeah, I guess like like a drag queen runway outfit, and like it dances okay. as it stands still. So okay. <laughs> people have taken video rec- recordings of it. Put the um, I-, I forget the original source of the audio, but it's like 
at a runway show and a person goes, Katrina, Katrina, here comes the hurricane. Katrina, oh, Katrina. Yeah. It, it, it is the best videos out there. Also, I posted the image of the, the stretched. Um... Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So. Holy moly, that's nightmare fuel. Yeah, so needless to say, um, the Pokemon company that develops Pokemon games have had a lot of words thrown their way, and people are are (laughs) begging for them to slow down and make sure the next Pokemon game is solidly ready for release. I'll just leave that there. Wait, hold on. Before we move on, I just want to look at the evolution for this one real quick. (laughs) Final one. See what you're talking about. Evolution. Oh. <laughs> okay, I see what you mean. <laughs> you can continue. So yeah, I mean that's 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 pretty much it. Um the Steam Deck is nice. I love it. Uh Pokemon, they still have my love, but man, they need to coalesce into spending a little bit more time making sure their game has ample ample resources to bake thoroughly um i guess so next on our docket since we're, we're talking about new hardware and new creations of weird amalgamations of pokemon games um amd is throwing out their new gpu line and um you know i was kind of excited for it then as release became a little closer to the actual date and people started leaking performance data and whatnot. I'm a little bit underwhelmed, but I'm hmm. still glad they're making this amount of progress. Okay. So have, have you um, looked up anything regarding the new AMD RX 7900 uh, XR and the XRX or XTX? I have not, but I am curious to see where you're let down, though. So... Uh, a matter of fact, I believe Linus did uh, uh, some some uh, videos on this. Linus Tech Tips. If you guys have not heard of, watched, or whatever, I highly recommend the channel. Linus Media Groups, Linus Tech Tips, uh, Short Circuit, etc. Um, Linus is switching to the RX 7900 series uh, GPU for his next personal uh, GPU after they're done with the Intel Arc monthly channel. We'll, we'll have more about that later um but essentially what the i guess results of the 7900 series came out to be is you get more bang for your buck the highest price version of the gpu i believe is like a a thousand or a thousand a hundred to be fair that's msrp so expect higher prices once the you know aftermarket stuff comes into play um but it just it does not really compete well with the Nvidia uh, four thousand series GPUs. So mm, that's again, in my opinion, it's enough to warrant the actual use of the GPU. I know some other YouTubers like uh, Hardware Canucks, the guys up in the other guys in Canada. I should I should say since I forget <laughs> LTT are also Canadians. Yeah, um, they said that the or. Let me not say they say. I've I've only saw the uh, uh, the clickbait uh, title of the video or the thumbnail, which was 
the AM, new AMD GPUs are dead on arrival. I disagree with that sentiment. It could just be clickbait for you clicking the video. I have not fully watched it yet. It is good to still use. The performance is still high. You won't really find much problems with it. Just in comparison to NVIDIA, it still falls short in most categories except like one or two, if I'm not mistaken. Um, But what... (sighs) At least what the LTT guys kind of showcase from this is... No matter how you look at it, it's still not great for the consumer, right? Yes, the AMD GPU is uh, cheaper to purchase and you still get good performance, but when you look at the performance related to AMD's previous generation of GPUs, the price is not that um, compelling. So you're either going to pay more money for a better GPU out of the NVIDIA RTX 4000 series, or you're going to save money, still get a comparable GPU when it comes to the uh, RX 7900 series from AMD, but still be overpriced or overpaying for the performance that you're getting in comparison to AMD's previous generation. So, just kind of pick your poison. Yeah. Tough, tough, tough. I'm looking at... um. Yeah, see, because for me as like a mainly Linux guy, AMD has always seemed as a attractive because been able to keep up with Nvidia, and um, yeah, just just uh, AMD usually has way better uh, graphic support than Nvidia. Um, I'm hearing that Intel released a uh, an open source driver for Linux, but again, um, well, they continue to do that. Um, that's kind of just out in the open um so to hear that it's um not being as competitive as nvidia products out there uh that's a bit of a letdown as well for me yeah again i have and oh uh let me also uh disclosure i own stocks in intel nvidia amd uh i think that's it currently that i have to disclose for the current topics just to put that out there so i have no, I have no warrants or, or I forget the actual saying. I do believe AMD will make progress over time. I, I'm pretty sure as uh, updates to the drivers comes out, they'll improve, etc. But I do not think the current iteration of the RX 7900 will in any real way compete with the NVIDIA 4000 series. Maybe the next generation or the next two or three generations. Who knows? It took a while for AMD to come out with Ryzen to fully start pushing Intel up against the wall saying, you know, get your stuff together. Just give it a few more years for AMD to do the same thing to NVIDIA. And that also being said, do not drink the Kool-Aid. AMD is not your friend. AMD is not doing this out of the kindness for the consumers. AMD is doing this for the bottom dollar. Never forget that. Keep that in mind always. And actually speaking on which, according to Tech Radar, there is some discrepancies of people saying that some of the uh, RX 7900 GPUs that they're receiving are actually fully incomplete and that AMD might actually be utilizing uh, users as uh, test subjects as, you know, beta test these, uh, this hardware. So. uh, Trying to be first market, it seems. Yeah, but see, uh, it may be... uh, you know what? No, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and, and, and kind of go there and, and ask. So, like, 
in your opinion, do you think we are getting to a point as a society, as technology improves at such a fast, rapid pace, that potentially we should just get used to being the beta testers for full released uh, hardware? Do, do you think that is just something that we're going to have to be more comfortable with? Or do you think that there is a there, there is still a clear, obvious level of, of, of like a visible line in terms of uh, quality assurance and quality control that can be applied to avoid um, these type of mishaps? See, my thinking is, uh, yeah, I think we're we're there where we're kind of more beta testers. I think it's for a few different reasons. Um, for me, one of them I think is. Uh, games people have been more willing to buy games that are early access and be okay at it and accepting of the bugs at a, at a lower at a lower price sometimes sometimes the game is just really hyped up and so even early access it's kind of expensive and then uh, another reason why i think that is is because uh just software in general is getting more and more complex um just game engines are just built on layers and layers and layers of software. Um, and so just more issues come with complexity. So I think that those are the two reasons on why I think that's, that's why we're kind of here already. I, I agree with you in the, in the full sentiment of things. And I also do want to make note that the, the point that I brought up about these quote unquote incomplete uh, GPUs for testing um, it's, Keep in mind, from Tech Radar, again, these titles are more to draw attention first. So, in in general, you still have that basis to have the valid question. Like, is the product ready for actual consumption? And you can argue that, you know, it can be yes or no. It's, it's just an argument, right? The bit of information coming out specifically about these GPUs is essentially how the GPU will run at certain frequencies with one game and then higher with the next without any particular settings to tell it to do differently, right? So to your point about the, you know, the advancement of software and things, yeah, it's going to be very difficult for a single entity or, or a company to do quality testing on, let's say, every single video game, every single benchmarking software, every single uh, application that is utilized on a workstation in a professional industry. So if AMD specifically wanted a GPU model to run well for a specific task, sure, they would test for that task and market that product for that task. But in today's era of technology and use cases, we have a wide overlap between hobbyist, the general consumer, uh, niche usage, as well as professional enterprise, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, use cases. So a GPU with this caliber is seeking to fit multiple use cases, and that's going to make it difficult to properly test everything. That's not to give them yeah. a, 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 a way out. It's not a, a, an excuse. It's just something that we have to keep in mind and understand. So, ah. to, to add another point to that, um, so this is just related to, to Linux, and a friend of mine shared this with me uh, a few days ago, actually. Uh, so this is just regarding OpenBSD, and the quote is, by far the largest directory is dev, housing most devices or housing most device drivers at 5.69 million lines of code. 
and 348.84 megabytes. Specifically, dev PCI DRM AMD, so the AMD drivers, um, contain 3.3, or sorry, 3.33 million lines of <laughs> 273.93 megabytes. And that makes up about 71% of the OpenBSD's kernel by size to support uh, somewhat modern Radeon graphics. Older models of the OpenBSD kernel uh, tend to be lighter weight at 201.19 kilo, uh, so sorry, 201,000 uh, lines and 6.71 megabytes of DRM Radeon drivers. So it's it's to put that into perspective, 71% of the current OpenBSD kernel is uh, for AMD drivers. Yo. Oh. That's a lot of that's a lot of code to test. <laughs> this isn't including their new stuff as well. This is just you know, I would guess that maybe RX at the very least, the RX series. Uh, the... <laughs> this is just Linux as well, right? Yeah. Excluding uh, Mac and Windows. I bet you somewhere on the development team, someone is going. I wonder if I can use the uh, uh, AI uh, text. Uh, GDP to <laughs> to, oh, to complete some code thing? for me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! More about that later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, oh, overall, I'm I'm happy to see AMD still push their GPU lines and their GPU technology. I, but we'll we'll see where this goes as they further develop and iterate over their next set of technology. Um, speaking on technology competition and you know the GPU uh, landscape, though Intel finally um, you know comes out says, "Hey, we're finally doing GP- GPUs now, and um, here's our first project. We, we we exist in the GPU realm now." So, do do you have any uh, first thoughts on the Intel Arc GPU platform? Uh, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but I'm pretty happy that they uh, came out and said they're going to create some drivers for Linux off the bat, and there's already been uh, some implementation of that tossed out. My hope is that they uh, stick to that, because I would like to, in the future, uh, support a driver that is uh, willing to create drivers for Linux, because I think with uh, Steam going more in that direction, there's going to be a need for that. And maybe, perhaps, I don't know, if they become good enough, they'll be in the future generations of the Steam Deck. Mm. And I, I agree with you there wholeheartedly. I think that, and that's even like the, the best, let me, say, let me say the best, but one of the, the good ways that Intel could come out and lean in on the marketing as well as trying to win, you know, good boy points, brownie points, uh, or just uh, good press from the market. Um, because, yeah, so, <laughs> Look, support for various different platforms, software, and, and, and et cetera, just needs to be more of, of a talking point. It feels like, and I will continue to die on this hill or bring it up every single episode if I have to, uh, that just five years ago, we would complain saying that we need to ensure that monopolies do not exist or, not, or one or two strong corporations are not the only dominating hardware producers or manufacturers or brand names out there. And then we finally get some competition or some newcomers to the industry. And typically they get dumped, dumped on and ridiculed um, and 
still say that happening with the Intel GPU, but I think it is often said best. When you want competition to drive improvement in all areas, you're going to need to support early adopting. Even if the product is not the best, even if the product is not that great, the only way you can have someone improve upon the technology that they have in a given product that competes with someone else's product is to give them money so they can put that money into R&D, research and development, for the next generation of that product. They don't sell. They can't, they can't do research and development. You can't get the next version. No next version means only the, the previous existence in that industry will continue to move forward because you're just shoveling money to them because, you know, they've been here. So. Oh, you know, I just remembered. Um, and I looked up while uh, you were bringing that point up. Mm-hmm. Is that I remember now why I was excited um, on the arc graphics and it's because they include uh hardware encoding mm. not only uh h.265 but also for vp9 and av1 which is basically those those three are like the latest latest gen uh video video codecs and that would speed up some of the things i do as well on my computer so that's that was super exciting because um, when I looked at the NVIDIA and the AMD cards, uh, I don't know about this newest generation, I haven't taken a closer look, but they only supported H.265 and uh, H.264 video, or sorry, hardware encoding. So the fact that Intel's adding more hardware encoders in there is super exciting. For me, that kind of uses their graphics card for more than just gaming sometimes. Yes. Um, yeah. I, 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 I think... That's also going to be the reason why I actually picked some up. I, I debated trying to get my hands on a on an ARC GPU for the new Plex build I just completed that I talked to you about a, a few days ago. Yeah. Because um, like, oh, you know, Intel, you know, new encoding, transcoding, etc. Maybe it would be a better... And the Intel GPUs are a big shocker. Uh, much more affordable <laughs> than AMD <laughs> and, and NVIDIA right now. Um so it's like, okay, I can just grab one, use it for media. And I also thought mm-hmm. about putting it as a second GPU in my stream box for, I mean, technically it is for gaming, but not the graphics of gaming. It would be the graphics or the, the, the lifting for streaming and recording. Right. Um, but I uh, haven't actually, you know, practiced what I preach and put down money to support a new comer just, just yet. But I, I, I will. It will happen in, in 2023. But yeah, so. yeah. I mean, not not everyone can, right? It depends on everyone's financial situation and all that. But those who can, you know, just got the extra money to blow. I said, yeah, why not take a take a chance? Yeah, like the yeah, Abba song. Um, actually, matter of fact, how much? I'm trying to remember how much they actually are going for. I think like three hundred dollars, isn't it? Oh wow, that for like a graphics card, that's pretty neat. <laughs> yeah, and and I, I I guess to also. Uh, Sorry, I'm going through the website right now. Um, to reiterate, the actual performance for gaming is is, is, is is not great. And to even go a bit step further here, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, I mentioned earlier that Linus and Luke from LTT are actually doing a, a challenge where they swap to Intel Arc for a month. And uh, it's not been fun for them, right? 
and also uh, I do want to give big props to Luke. Um, in the middle of their their challenge of testing out Intel Arc for a solid month, uh, I believe a developer contacted Luke directly and said, "Hey, we have these new drivers in beta that could improve your performance." And Luke said, "No, thank you," because he wants to test what is currently available. So that if someone, if if a non YouTube influencer slash tech enthusiast tester with privileged access to unreleased software is going to be handling this hardware, they want to showcase what that experience will be like for the average user. Yeah, so, Josh Mo. Yeah, and so again, big props to Luke for that for just continuing the testing of the average everyday Joe. Um. And like, hey, hey, again, man, uh, just props to Intel in general for being able to come out with a whole new hardware, be open about it not being as powerful as AMD and NVIDIA, and still standing behind their product and, and, sh- and showcasing what it can be used for other than gaming. And again, I, can, I, I do know for a fact these GPUs are nowhere near $1,000. It, it, uh, <laughs> MSRP, uh, <laughs> at least. So if you are a college student who are who needs a uh, video out for a particular build but are low on money, hey, Intel Arc might be the way to go to save a, a, a pretty penny and be able to get what you need done. So need, but yeah. But speaking on other competition and uh, things going through different challenges. Uh, it looks like HTC is back on their. Uh, uh, what's what's the, the 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 new phrase that won Webster's or or Merriam's uh, uh, phrase of the sound. year? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, I think it's a, a, a goblin mode. So yes, HTC went goblin <laughs> mode, uh, <laughs> showcasing their next. Um, Attempts to challenge uh, Facebook Meta uh, with their lightweight competitor to Oculus. Um, there's not really much here from, I believe this is Gizmodo. Uh, but yeah, just so you know, HTC is coming out with a new headset for VR and AR, and you know, it's trying to, to steal some of the market share from Facebook Meta to have another different lightweight uh, headset you can put on your face and and game. And um, if you have never known my stance, anything to give competition to anything related to Facebook and or Facebook meta, <laughs> give me. <laughs> it's um, it's funny because I haven't, I haven't really seen many people with HTC phones. I'm not even sure if they're really putting their focus there on phones anymore. It looks like it's just hardware in general, what HTC is doing. Yeah, and, and I guess to uh, reiterate or to have people remember, HTC were the ones who did, uh, I believe, uh, Valve's uh, yeah. uh, VR headset, the, the Vive? Yeah, the Vive. Yeah. So they have... Their, their their toes in actual rooted soil in this particular market space. Um, and again, you brought up the HTC phones, man. I, I, I legit miss their <laughs> phones. I, I do. They weren't bad. I did enjoy them. Um, I think it was the software that got me and why I moved away. I can see that. 
but yeah, I did like their hardware. I was able to uh, read them easily when they had their phones. Yeah, they they were known big for having the the forward facing speakers that were just all ah awesome. yeah, I remember that. Uh, oh yeah, I do remember that. The times sure are a changing, Lewis. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir, indeed. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not really big on AR and VR, uh, but again, anything to take away from Facebook Meta, I'm I'm all for. So we'll see how well it does. Indeed. Oh, actually, have you heard about these glasses called, um, I believe, in real, in rear air, in air, in air? No, it doesn't ring a bell. Hold on, let me. In real air, yeah, in real air glasses. Um, Next time I get like some some random spending money, I might grab a pair just to to see how they they are. But I've I've heard some people talk good things about this particular hardware. I'm posting it in the the Discord now. Mm. So essentially, they're mm-hmm. like just a pair of glasses that you can put on, uh, and they do a form of AR projection. Um, they're very light. They're very simple. They're supposed to be very um, compatible with multiple things. So, I'm 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 tempted. I'm 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 tempted. That looks that does look interesting. Oh. Hmm. Which are they? Oh, I guess it depends per market. Yeah, but apparently they have like their air model and their more full model, and they range anywhere between like three hundred ninety nine to like I believe uh, upwards to six hundred. Yeah, the six hundred from last year. Again, I might try to find some used on eBay, <laughs> <laughs> but I am curious. I, I am legitimately curious about. Yeah, that. this seems interesting. That does seem interesting. I wonder what the reviews would say. This reminds you of like this little uh, pen module thing or something. Magic Leap, I think it was called. Yeah! You know what I'm talking about? Yes! Little pen-sized module you leave on your desk and make gestures and you can control all sorts of stuff. I I didn't track to see where that went, if it went anywhere at all. Mm. I don't know either. I, I I know they were trying to advertise it heavily for like educational purposes and for like business, but you, you can, sometimes you just gotta lean in on this is just fun, cool, stupid stuff. Try it out. Yeah. Oh, actually, if I go to MagicLeap.com, it looks like they went full enterprise and are now kind of trying to pitch it to uh, companies for like training and stuff like that. I'm starting to see that become a trend, like a uh, VR training for like doctors and surgeons and stuff like that. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh, it, it's, it's at times like like this that it reminds me that um, that there's been like a whole little uh, movement, or let me say movement, because it it's more about what we did not know as a child growing up with the infomercials. But, um, you know, a lot of products would be created specifically for the handicapped or people who had um, physically disabled challenges, right? Mm-hmm. And they did not want to market specifically to just that demographic. So they would come up with these fancy ways to make a product look or look not stupid. And, uh... <laughs> and it, 
it, ne- it never occurred to me that that was the reason why. So, like, if you remember those infomercials about, like, the spice rack you would hang over your neck. So, there's, like, a little basket of spices what? underneath your chin. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Yeah, but, like, the, the reason for that is if someone has uh, only one functional arm and they want to keep things close by, they could, uh-huh. they could just put the spices while they're cooking and the thing, you know, under their chin, hanging off their neck, so they can keep things closer to them for faster utility. But the commercial is not going to talk about helping people with only one hand or one arm. So you got this commercial about like this lady who's having a hard time cooking for her family, and she needs to speed up the process, so she hangs a little basket under her chin by strapping it over her neck, because that makes family time last much longer, because you spend less time cooking in the kitchen. And it's like, it's got to be in black and white, though, right? And she's got to be very clumsy. Right? Yes. Like, oh, don't you hate it when this happens? Yeah. Oh, um, do you remember uh, Snuggies? Snuggies, Snuggies. Oh, those giant, uh, yeah. Blankets yeah. with the arms, armholes. Yes. Those are meant for people who are in wheelchairs, who might have a difficult time, you know, holding onto a blanket, you know, uh, with their contraptions or having a hard time trying to put on a, uh, a robe because they have to get out and you know, cover their legs as well. So they just say, hey, why not have a front facing blanket with the arm socket so it's easy for them to put on and, and keep on? Man, they got some good marketing teams to just expand their market. I mean, maybe, because, like, the commercials for the Snuggies, while very uh, memorable, did not have me wanting a Snuggie. <laughs> I just meant, like, if you, like, you pitch it to, like, a marketing team, like, hey, I just need to find a way to sell more of this. And then, <laughs> <laughs> hey, what if? <laughs> this little marketing campaign around it. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed that, yeah. Yeah. So Interesting. Well... You know, while you and I cannot guess the the pivots of, of marketing might be one thing because you nor I are a uh, marketing consultant. It seems like Facebook Meta is also having a difficult difficult time pushing for their uh, metaverse marketing as well because apparently no one is using it. Everybody hates it, and the employees themselves <laughs> are like, "This is going to be the single handed cause to making this company fail." Mm. So, have you heard anything about the employees at, at Facebook Meta? So, I, rem- I remember hearing about um, Mark like apologizing and sending this letter about like employees or about employees being like uh, cut and whatnot. And they gave him, I think, like two or three months advance, hadn't like had notice, and they got like this pretty decent severance package. I'm like, dang, that's that's. If I was going to get it laid off, that sounds like the best way to get laid <laughs> off. No, I had a schedule and then have some time to interview. And Anyway, I remember hearing that, but I heard about what, what the employees have been saying lately. Okay, so to give the listeners and viewers a wider gambit of the story, earlier this year when, again, you know, Meta Facebook, Facebook Meta, however you want to call it, I'm not going to call them just Meta They do not get the opportunity to run from the name and label of Facebook and all that it has done, both positive and negative. So if you're wondering why I keep saying Facebook meta, it's because I want to keep them in tandem for full clarity. Um, So Facebook meta has been pushing the metaverse for almost two years now. They pushed it specifically hard around the the pandemic eras of lockdown, saying it's going to be the new go for for both enterprise for meetings as well as the new gaming space for 
virtual reality, augmented reality. I'm getting away from the mic. Oh, that's not. Uh, that's, oh, sorry. Right. <laughs> um, but just anyway, big grand grand gesture of a, of, of a platform, a service, a game, everything you might want, all in this neat package hosted by Facebook Meta. Stocks started to dip earlier this year, and employees said that is not a great sign, and so some of them were actually preparing to leave. So back in what month is this? Let me transition the camera. Uh, this is back in March of this year. Uh, so yeah, employees started to do a mass exodus due to the changes, the forceful uh, push of making employees use Metaverse when they did not really care to use it. They said, we can have meetings in person or meetings in things like Skype or Teams. Why are you being forced to put on this headset, grab up some controllers, boot this thing up, get on this server that is not that stable to hold a meeting that is going to take more time to get set up than just a simple call on Teams? So Yeah. <laughs> And, and big companies would do this, by the way. I'm not, I'm not speaking from personal experience, but I'm just saying that if I did have personal experience, it would... Maybe. Yeah, I tried doing that for like a whole full hour meeting, right? And wearing that whole headset tied to your desk. Ah. So, but yeah, so that that was the start, or one of the major starts of like things are not looking good when you lose employees because they don't want to use the product that you you're pushing, that they're also working on. Secondly, the amount of money that is needed and required to keep the services for metaverse running is a lot and metaverse by itself costs facebook meta literally billions on a monthly basis so imagine as big of a company as you are this might not be a lot of money in the short term but when you're losing billions let me reiterate that when you are losing at least one billion dollars every month I don't care how big you are. That is not sustainable. So that was the Mark II. Mark, Mark Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg II. <laughs> against, <what> there. <laughs> against the metaverse. And again, that also caused more employees to, to leave, by the way. Um, and then lastly, Facebook meta has been trying their damnedest to not acknowledge that there is a service called, or a game called VRChat. Which is <laughs> yeah, literally yeah. what Metaverse is trying to be. Yeah. <laughs> and VR chat has existed for like, I think, five years prior. Yep. It is like 300 times better and more fleshed out. So it's, it's, just, it's just funny. It's like <laughs> I think it's free, right? Can't you download VR chat for free or something? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's. <laughs> You could, I think, you, I'm pretty sure you could upload your own models too and like do all that, like, yeah, for free. And it's it's ahead of schedule. No, dude. Without all that Facebook crap. There was a whole thing, right? Uh, Facebook did like their their uh, uh, big showcase, you know, uh, yearly or bi yearly, whatever, uh, saying, oh, here's what metal looks like today. And you remember, they could not animate legs. <laughs> what? Yeah, they, they. I was not aware of this. They could not. So people made jokes online saying, "Like Mark, you know, you, you don't even have legs." And so, like a week after, <laughs> Facebook met us like, "Oh, we're releasing this update where you now have legs." <laughs> and it didn't. It, 
does not look good. And so again, you had people pointing out that VR chat has had full body models <laughs> with animated legs, arms, uh... everything. <laughs> and y'all were still trying this hard to get legs. Uh, it trying so hard. Oh, I feel bad for Facebook Meta. Not really. I don't really feel bad for Facebook. I don't feel bad now. Oh, but 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 yeah, and and then to speak about what you mentioned earlier about Zuck, you know, uh, sending out emails saying like, "Oh, it's going to get bad," you know, inflation, uh, uh, recession, uh, kind of lay off a bunch of people. Yeah, yeah. They 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 fired more than uh, eleven thousand employees. Um, for trying to cut back, so it's it's just not it's not great. How, how, what was the percentage of workers? Do do we know? Uh, I think thirteen percent. Oh yeah, it's a decent chunk. Yeah, mark my words. Yeah, <laughs> mark <laughs> again. Mark my words. <laughs> mark robot my words. Oh, that wasn't a good joke. I'm not I'm not a comedian. <laughs> <laughs> At least I'm not getting booed off stage, though. Anyway, <laughs> speaking, tough <laughs> speaking on being booed off stage, not really, but sort of type of related. Lewis, man, let me know your thoughts on the whole Elon and Twitter situation, man. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Um, I've, I've sort of kept up. I have not kept up with uh, the Twitter files thing, but I can't say I'm, I'm surprised at the the foundings. Um I've I've not heard too much more after that. I think I heard I like glimpsed at a headline that said he's thinking about now stepping down as CEO. Um, but I've I've not I'm not sure if I can confirm that just yet since I'm not really read all that. I guess to um, I guess I'm feeling indifferent <laughs> to answer your question. You know what I I I really do wish more people felt indifferent to this topic. <laughs> like truly. <laughs> What confuses me and downright irritates me to a boiling point of induced rage, and I'm having my uh, Peter Griffin's what really grinds my gears right now, <laughs> people act like Twitter was like this golden beacon of a solid platform that had no problems before Twitter, uh, Elon bought it. Oh yeah, to me it's, it's a, it was a red dumpster fire before Elon bought it, and now it's just like a purple dumpster fire. Like, there's the color change, that's in my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, you know, uh, uh, you know, Elon wants to make Twitter profitable because he bought it with an inflated price tag. Like, yeah, no duh. If a new person's gonna, buy, that's why Twitter fought so hard to get it sold to Elon because they, they didn't want to deal with it no more. It's, 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 it's the same issue with YouTube. It's not profitable. The, the models are not profitable, and you're watching oh, yeah. people try to find the fastest solution to make it profitable. Oh yeah, like um, YouTube has done so much in the last recent years to try to prop up against a, a solid revenue stream with ads and like the YouTube Premium, bundling it with YouTube Music to make it more like uh, attractive. And my opinion with YouTube is that it probably would be in the exact same situation as Twitter if uh, it didn't have Google propping it up. If it was just so independent silo. Mm. Absolutely. And so I, I, just, I just really want to make that clear because so many people have this uh, preconceived idea that Twitter did not have any problems before Elon. Again, give Elon all the shit 
deserves to be, you know, uh, brought brought up to him about, right? If 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 it's reasonable, it's rational, uh, rational, it makes sense. But do not for a moment think that all of these problems were caused after the transition of power. No, you you you're just seeing it propped in front of you because it's easy clickbait headlines to bring attention because Elon is a uh, controversial hot topic for you know headlines and because you're seeing like the knee-jerk reaction to a new set of leadership reacting to the status of a product they go oh this is not good and now they're they're quickly reacting and it's fun to watch because it's it's it's, it's um What's what I'm looking for? Uh, cathartic. <laughs> yeah. See, uh, the way I see it is like, uh, yeah, I mean, he deserves criticism. At the same time, like, if Twitter was in the red for a while, like, now he's got to undo, like, I don't know how many years of in the red. And so I'll cut him some slack. For, like, all right, you've been in there for, I don't know, what, three months now? About? So I'm like, all right, you, you can't turn the whole ship in three months. I, I could get that. So I'll forgive him for that. And I think part of it's, like, him, like, unveiling, like, holy crap, this, like, rabbit hole goes deep. Like, I got a lot of crap to fix. <laughs> I mean, and that's more of, like, well, I guess buyer beware. Like, I should have done more research, right? But I'm just like, I don't know, man. That's That was your money. <laughs> Fifty four twenty a share. I guess a little bit of good news um, for a, another topic. Uh, have you heard about the nuclear fusion news yeah that was pretty neat that was pretty neat. Uh, i think this is the first time we've been able to actually uh reproduce it and uh, create some energy out of it yeah um i, re- I remember speaking with uh, a good friend of mine uh madison uh if you've ever been on the discord channel for the listeners and, and viewers uh, he goes by rotate um he was one of the guests on the gaming channel's uh, live stream and video of the phasmophobia during the uh, the October Halloween event um anyway but yeah i spoke with him like years ago and i was just like oh man you know uh from what i've heard about nuclear fusion um it mm-hmm. seems that scientists are getting real close to a massive breakthrough and he's like, yeah, but it's not like anything significant. We're not going to see anything in our lifetime. I was like, well, no, we're not going to you know, achieve nuclear fusion as a stable energy source likely within our lifetime. But still, we're, we're, we're getting close to some major developments. I suspected that they wouldn't get to ignition until like another 30 years. So for them to have this freaking breakthrough for you know nuclear fusion ignition, and I'm only 30 at this point, that's a good <laughs> Good, good, good news. So, I'm I'm ecstatic, man. I oh oh, we're gonna we're gonna have the or I think you mentioned it the um, the Iron Man flying suits. <laughs> yeah, like a little like little, little fusion reactor, like power in every home kind of thing. We don't even like need a grid; it's just kind of like on a house by house basis. That would be pretty neat. Yeah, but again, how close is it? I don't know. So that's that's pretty much it on the nuclear news, I guess. Um, so I guess moving on to our main topics, or main topic, uh, Lewis, you were the uh, artificial intelligence uh, concentration major. Uh, what are your thoughts on the use of AI when it comes to art generation, script generation, code generation, etc.? Uh, let's see, let's see. Uh, let me take it a step by a time. AI art, 
Uh, I've seen some of it. It's pretty neat. How it could just blend different ideas. Um, still need some work. Um, I, I think I'm able to tell when something's been AI generated. Because it, it looks, uh, shooped, as you can say. Um, some of the, the faces of people, if you have to do people, it really struggles with people a lot. More abstract art, uh, it, it's, it's pretty decent. Um... I think there's going to be some interesting discussions there um, on arts and uh, artists in general and what constitutes as unique, what constitutes as derivative and such forth. So I think there's going to be some interesting legal stuff there. Um, let's see, then AI co-generation. Hmm. What, what I've been able to see is actually pretty neat. Um, it could actually generate some decent code. Um... I see it kind of at the assistant level, right, so far, um, for anything other than something basic. I see it really struggling so far. Um, it's more of just a neat tool, um, kind of like GitHub Copilot, <laughs> because if I tell it to write me some AMD drivers or something, it's going to croak and <laughs> die. <laughs> like, write me some AMD drivers for a Windows 98 machine running, like, this specific card. Like, it's not going to be able to do something that specific. It's mm. mo mostly semi-generic ass. They're already quite popular out there. Um, the AI-generated stories? Um, those are pretty interesting. Um, yeah, I've, I've not really thought about that. So I have to think about that. And the AI-generated audio, I don't think I've heard either. So that's that's my take on that. That's fair. I think you have uh, what I would call a more reasonable, rational human uh, uh, thought process on the topic. Therefore, we can rule out that you are yourself an artificial intelligence, right? Can we can we rule that <laughs> we out, could, Lewis? We can at least rule that out. Correct. Hmm. I mean, for all the, the listeners and viewers know, this entire audio setup could be generated by AI. And for the viewers, you could be looking at just artificial rendering based upon what we saw from Net, not Netflix, NVIDIA. Uh, was it two years ago when they did that weird thing of the CEO having that semi-CGI, semi-real, then all CGI uh, performance? Oh, I... I... I, I, see, I want to say I remember, but I don't. I, I do remember renditions of people doing like deep fakes type stuff, but that's not nearly the same thing. I think it was the the launch of the RTX 3000 series, and for the uh, the presentation, the Nvidia CEO came. He was like like a, a, a kitchen set, and he took the GPU out of the oven, and he's, he made a joke saying, "Oh, you know, we've we've let it bake this long. We're finally ready to show you." Yada yada yada. And it turned out that presentation had started off being 100% real. Then they overlaid it with some semi-CGI. And then at some point, it became all CGI. And they had asked the public to guess which scenes were all CGI, what scenes were only partial CGI. You know, that, that whole thing. Mm. Um, and it, it, was a, it was a fantastical showcase. But I, I, I digress. We're going off on a tangent based off NVIDIA's <laughs> RTX stuff. <laughs> Um, oh, that, okay. That starts. That's refreshing my memory a bit. That's like the RTX on versus RTX off memes and when all that started. Yeah. Okay. I'm always getting replaced a little bit. The whole ray tracing thing. So you know, when it comes to AI and the topic in general for the current landscape that we're living in, um, it's a 
I'm, I'm torn, right? I, I love the idea of what AI can do, but at the same time, I, I do notice when people are trying to make quick and fast money off of it, right? So, for instance, uh, it's gotten so bad for at least the AI uh, chat system, GPT, which I thought was GDT, but it's GPT. Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, like Stack Overflow completely banned uh, chat GPT from being able to access its API now because you had people literally using GPT to generate a, an amalgamation of code that people have like responded to on Stack Overflow, i.e., uh plagiarizing people's code um gotcha. and i believe the same thing is happening through gpt going on github and gitlab and finding non-private uh repositories and taking actual clips from you know python scripts uh, c++ uh, files java you know all of the above right and i remember um uh well, I'll let you finish your bit. I'll jump in later, actually. <laughs> I don't want to interrupt your train of thought. Essentially, I just wanted to boil it down and say that I support AI on the, the idea of trying to create weird and new things based off reference points, right? If a, a, a good example of a AI platform that I support, at least currently, is Dolly, or Dolly 2 now specifically. Dolly 2 will utilize the programming aspects of being able to identify what a subject is, i.e. if you have like those old um, security cameras and you see it like highlight a cat and goes, oh, this is a cat. Oh, this is a face. This face is male, female, black, white, Asian, etc. If you do that and then generate something new based upon that uh, general scan, I, I am all for it. Because you're creating something new based off what it has known to be of a particular subject or topic. However, there are a handful of new, newly released AI platforms that you can give a prompt. It will go out and literally use Google to search for an image, take that image, and then modify it, and then leave it as its newly created AI thing. Down to the point yeah. where you have artists literally seeing their signature on these AI generated pictures. Ah, dang. <laughs> yeah, it get, stuff like that just kind of emphasizes to me that's that's not really actually creating something that's kind of all derivative, right? And just amalgamating together with algorithms. Mm. So I don't support those platforms or that form of uh, AI uh, tool utilage, right? It's all about who is utilizing the AI, who is you know putting it out as a service to 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 be consumed. But too many people do not care about what they're getting into. To the point, like if you if you've checked Facebook, Lewis, have you seen people posting all their new AI generated selfies and, and art pictures or whatever? <laughs> I, I've not uh, actually don't have a Facebook account, but I think something similar would be well. Maybe not. My wife was sharing to me this service that like gets your gets your face and kind of like uh, plasters it like onto different ears, like what you look like in the nineteen eighties. Like, <laughs> yeah, so so it's it's I don't know what that would be. I don't know if that's AI necessarily. I think that's more of um, deep fakes type technology. I guess that does use a bit of AI to kind of blend stuff. But but that would kind of be more along your your preferred type of AI, where it's kind of just taking something that you're inputting it. And not just from the like wide web or whatever. Honestly, I do not know where that would actually fall into place. But 
before getting off on a tangent on, on that aspect, um, the point that I, I want to, to make or showcase with the people doing the social media AI selfies is that they are downloading apps, not reading the terms of service, taking a selfie and paying that app to create like say eight to 10 AI generated portraits, you know, that has been proven to be stealing people's artwork and used as a reference for it. But uh, I'm trying to find a damn example and I, I can't find I think that's similar to what my wife was showing me. We're kind of, you take a selfie and it like generates different portraits. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's that's similar. Uh, I'm trying to find because like there, there is a particular app that is currently popular and I cannot find the name of it. Though to be fair, I wouldn't say it out loud anyway because I don't want to give them attention. Um, but it, it, anyway, people are taking selfies of themselves and allowing this this service to do the generation. They are not reading that the platform is keeping and saving your selfies and they're using your face to feed the algorithm for the machine learning for the AI to, to, to learn from. And so now you can have someone who might look like you and they might actually use your selfie that you took of yourself to blend someone else's picture or, or, or selfie of themselves to make the output. So essentially they're utilizing your likeness with, I mean, your permission since you, you gave it to them, but you probably didn't really read that. But using your likeness to then profit off of, because again, people are spending upwards of two to eight dollars for these apps to generate, you know, a, a set of pictures for them. But you're not going to get paid for it because you've already given them express permission to use your likeness. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, nasty. Okay, I think I think I found it. Um... As you confirm or deny what I posted to see if that's what you're talking about. Uh, on that similar tangent, on like uh, terms of service and stuff, um, what comes to mind is, uh, oh, like uh, GitHub and their co-pilot thing. I wouldn't be surprised if in the TOS for GitHub, there's a certain thing in there that allows GitHub, um, who's now owned by Microsoft, by the way, to uh, take that code and feed it to their... A co-pilot AI thing and use your work to der- make a derivative uh, code and then charge you for it later. So I, think, <laughs> I think right now it's an open beta or something like that. It's invite only. I'm sure they'll start charging for it after a while. Oh my goodness. Um, Is that what you're thinking of? The, the What I sent you in Discord? No, not in particular, but I mean, I'm pretty sure this is also going to follow the same constraints that I was talking about, but I, I'm looking at some of the AI avatar examples in like, um, let's say one lady's picture is being showcased as like this Western painting of her in like a brazier, a, a brazier and uh, mm-hmm. the, the, the generated art makes it seem like it was probably cold. <laughs> I'm seeing some uh some artifacts. <laughs> oh, Whew. okay, that's spicy. Um, I can't believe she showed that much ankle. Any, 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 anyway, uh, yeah, man, I, I, I don't know. Stuff like this scares me in in general, though, and I, I, I think we've talked about it a little bit as a general. Uh, discussion in either season one or season two, but like it, it, it probably won't happen again in our lifetime, though there's it, it, still always a chance. 
But the progress that artificial intelligence is making that people are putting into so many products with the ever so increasing level of people not caring about their personal data, their their digital footprint, you know, their their digital privacy. This is just frightening, man. Like I, it, 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 it doesn't paint a, a pretty future, in my opinion, unless people start caring soon, you know? Yeah. Um, something that was so. Um, let's see. Uh, how, to, how to put it? Um, I, the, the way I see AI is kind of like um, like a useful neat little tool they could use to kind of outsource thinking a little bit. So examples that come to mind is people are going to start using this, I don't know, for homework assignments to help them <laughs> solve something like that. Um, I remember to my coworkers, specifically talking about chat GPT, is I imagine uh, we're going to have to, as a company, uh, rework our coding challenge a little bit because I can imagine people not wanting to put in the effort to actually do our coding uh, challenge and just pipe it into some software like this. They'll generate it. So, see, that, that's that's the issue because if you make a coding challenge too difficult, people are turned off. <laughs> if you make it too simple, then you let everyone through and then now AI is going to be able to like generate something like it. Um, so, we're going to have to re- figure some things out or be able to, to have like telltales to know if something's been AI generated. So that, that that's kind of how I see it. Just like a tool to kind of outsource thinking a little bit. And well, I guess relying on a tool like that sometimes has drawbacks, like you mentioned. Like how much of your thinking they're going to let it do for you. Yeah. And I, 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 I want to preface with the viewers and the listeners. My concern for AI is not the ultimate like Skynet thing, okay? I'm not... Well, actually, to be fair, it'd be really scary if Boston Dynamics <laughs> like had their entire repository of um, uh, coding behind uh, controlling their <laughs> their robots <laughs> right. online, and you know it got picked up by AI searches. Because I'm I'm thinking about that one guy who attached an AK-47 to the back of one yeah. of the Boston Dynamics spots. Yep, I saw that. I was like, no. <laughs> That's not my most abundant concern, right? <laughs> I just... Mm-hmm. I was just saying, oh, that's just with the person still behind the thing. <laughs> right. That's, that's AI attached to it. Right. But just, just what I'm seeing with a lot of people... So, just for example, there are people on Instagram... Etsy, uh, uh, TikTok, YouTube, who are advertising, yeah, man, pay me 50 bucks and I will design for you, you know, 20 different uh, portrait paintings that you can use for anything. (laughs) And people pay for these quote unquote services from the people who are advertising such, I guess, products. And then you see people using "quote unquote" said handmade portraits as their avatars, and then an artist goes online and sees this avatar and notices that their signature is blended into the bottom right-hand corner, and that the 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 art itself is very similar to a product that they have painted themselves, 
for some other client. And this is where the levels begin to stack for me. Last season, we talked about Adobe having technology for, you know, artificially creating audio where you could you could submit like a uh, two or three files of Obama talking and then give a prompt and that technology would, would be able to read whatever prompt you given in the voice of Obama. We have deep fakes that have been utilized for harassing celebrities and people and other crap for over a decade now. In the decade of things like deep fakes being used for harassment, there has not been a lot of uh, effort put into identifying when it's deep fakes and identifying people who use them for wrongdoings and harmful ways. If we allow this technology to continue to stack without any forms of anybody working on anything to be able to identify and to tear people away from it, or again, just being able to identify what is not real. What frightened me the most was seeing how a lot of people thought certain things were real. And that just, for me personally, makes me think, oh my goodness, what is the average Joe going to assume is real when they see AI generated videos with AI generated voice with AI generated uh, you know footage uh, Lewis let me tell you something. do you want to know one of the most saddest things that I, I found out in the last three weeks no those people can vote <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean <laughs> now it is <laughs> yeah do you know the video game Arma? Uh, yeah. It was uh, used also to make that DayZ mod, right? Yes. Wasn't, wasn't, yeah. Do you know there have been videos on actual news platforms such as like Fox, uh, CNN, MSBC, etc. That when they talk uh, about you know what's going on in, with wars in different countries... I think I know where this is going. Oh, God. They had footage from one of the Arma games as they're... This is happening in real life with, like, this war-torn city in this country. Uh, I mean, that's pretty funny, actually. I'm a little sad. But I can't <laughs> say I'm super surprised. And But that's, like... That's the thing, though. Arma is a video game. It's not even utilizing actual machine-learned aspects of images and videos of of real events. It's utilizing legitimate computer-generated images for a video game. And it is so good that you have people who work at news uh, 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 stations that think it is real footage. Now, if you can pass off video game footage as real then I'm sorry, that does not spell or, or paint a positive reaction to what can be generated via machine learning and AI, especially five or ten years from now when the technology is, without question, going to improve. So, I don't know. Am I, am yeah. I, am, am I being too pessimistic? No, I, I think it's a... It's a... Good concern. Um, I imagine it's going to be so good that it's going to 
make it harder even for like the trained eye to actually be able to tell it apart. Well, hey, maybe by the time it gets to that point and we do have our rogue AI machines trying to be the downfall of the human species, maybe at that time you can also be invaded by aliens and we can have, you know, uh, two enemies uh, try to hash it out. Speaking, speaking of fake and uh, fraudulent things, um, this kind of reminds you of, like, the Lever King stuff. I don't know if you <laughs> into that, right? Yes! Uh, like, I remember the past, like, Joe and, uh, let's see, uh, more plates, more dates, a guy, uh, Derek or something had mentioned, yeah, the dude's fake, yada, 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 and, like, people were believing that he's actually real, and he's natural, and then, like, uh, some emails leaked, and, uh... Yeah, I was like, oh, no, this guy's super fake, and yeah, it just all came out and blew up. It, I mean, it's uh, that's that's where we're at, too, with, with things like that, just as bodybuilding, like, not just the digital realm. Sometimes it's hard to tell what's what's fake, kind of like, oh, I guess plastic surgery and right, uh, boobs and things like that. Lots of stuff that's fake nowadays. See, man, I, I, this is the reason why we have not became, like, super... Uh, influencer level of popularity, right? We, we, we haven't made it yet. And the reason why is because you and I refuse to to lie and have on these spectacular, you know, because here's the thing, right? When it came we don't have a scandal yet, so we, we can't be popular. <laughs> you know you made it when you're being canceled on Twitter. And anyway! <laughs> there you go. <laughs> when it comes to the Liver King, like, yeah, if you if you take five minutes to look at him and think about it, like yeah, it's pretty obvious the man takes steroids, right? And ass man, if if you just take a look at those abs, like no, there's no way they're so puffy looking. There's no, no way. <laughs> no, if it's not the saline injections of like the silicon fake muscle thing, it, then it, it's, it's oh, steroids. Yeah. It's one or the other, man. <laughs> yeah, and the guy's like, well, like fifty. I'm like, I mean, you could still look good at fifty. If I'm like, man, just. The amount of muscle you're packing on, so it's just not. <laughs> anyway. And all he had to do was just be like, "Yeah, man, you know, I I did it because it was something that I I wanted to look like, and a lot of people vibe with it, and that's all I wanted to do." But no, the man goes in talking about how he wanted to save the lives of young men who were depressed about their body oh, yeah. image. It's like the, no the video, right? Yes. Yeah, like the dude just doubles down. Like, no, wait, what are you doing? <laughs> no, no, you you did it for money. You did it for your career. Oh, yeah. It's understandable. I'm not, I would not be mad at the hustle. What I'm mad at is for you to take real problems, real things that teenagers deal with, and and try to market your apology to that. That is just the dirtiest thing like oh it's one thing to lie about your 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 social image because again it's you're you're like an actor dude it's your character that's your online persona it's separate when you try to make it real and then tie your realness to real damaging sad topics as your excuse as a way out that's just just dirty just i mean yeah i lied but i mean i did for the kids though like essentially Oh yes, because little little thirteen year old Jimmy is so upset that he doesn't have uh, anime characters' abs and muscles. <laughs> like I, I don't know if you've ever seen that meme where it's just like 
yes, I'm your average 12 year old in, in, in elementary school. And it's like this <laughs> jack muscular Jeez. character. It's like, Freaking heads. Typical uh, middle schooler. But yeah, that's 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 kind of what this reminds me of. Like people, people um, claiming something that there isn't. Right at that point, it's just fraud. Like, hey, if if you want to make AI generated art, just like let me know you're gonna create AI generated art. Maybe I just don't know how to use the program. I don't have to. I don't have the like uh, video card to do it, and I'm gonna pay you eight bucks or whatever to generate the art for me. There you go. There you go. Exactly. Yeah, that that photo you post on the <laughs> end. Honestly, you're missing the just the giant sword that's like the size of your like entire body. And the the backstory of I was scorned by God before I was even born. Yeah, right. I, don't, I don't know, man. But you know, guys, look that that pretty much wraps up the show uh episode one season three uh lewis do you have any uh last messages or like last topics you want to just throw out there uh don't do don't do uh, anabolic roids kids <laughs> i mean hey look lewis lewis always has it out for you guys he, he he is looking after and looking out for you you know lewis loves the kids he Message of thing but positivity. There you go, guys. It has been an absolute treat. It's, it's been fun being back. Uh, I can tell you guys this now. Uh, this recording session went three thousand times better than the first one did. Uh, we're shaking off a lot of rust, uh, but yeah, we will see you going into twenty twenty three. We hope you have a fantastic holiday. Um, and I guess, I guess to, to oh, actually. One quick little last-minute topic, because it was uh, something that I came across today. Uh, I posted it in the tech forum of uh, the Discord. Uh, apparently, the FBI database was hacked, and there's a, a platform or a project called InfraGuard um, that has, quote-unquote, sets of data that is tied to both FBI agents and non-governmental workers related to things around security. I don't know exactly what information tied to security is relevant to said program. Um, but yeah, they were hacked and they they had the information stolen and it's currently being um, auctioned on the, the dark web for, I think, $50,000, I think. Dang. Yeah. Well, there goes all my memes. <laughs> so, look, just more signs that your technological... Uh, footprint and actions on the internet and things are as important as they have ever been. So just be mindful because when the FBI can be hacked, it means anybody can essentially be hacked and your data is not safe no matter who has it. So, you know, and Aside. here's where we put a VPN at spot. If we had one, Oh, uh, Nord, <laughs> hey guys, like reach out, man. I, I use you guys like, nor VPN. If you guys want to find someone else to sponsor, we're open. We are open. Reminds me of that uh, fairly odd parents thing. It's like, oh, and this is where I'd put a VPN ad spot. If I had, had one. one. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
aside from that as well, since again we are in the holiday seasons, it could be tough for certain individuals. Um, there have been a few celebrity level individuals who we have lost in the the past month. And so I would say if you are feeling somewhat um, overly stressed in terms of your, of your mental health, you know, there are services that you can go out and find, be it better help, local psychologists, therapists, etc. If you need help, there is nothing wrong with asking for it. There are services that you can use that can get you a free session, sometimes a discounted session, or if you have the funds, I highly recommend a simple two-week session's worth of um, you know, therapy with a therapist can make a world of difference. I'm speaking from experience and experience with people that I know who are close to me and people that I know, you know went through various different you know, their, uh, therapist sessions and etc. Just if you're that down in the dumps, you have nothing else to lose, go and find someone to talk to for some help. But aside from that, let's go back off on a higher note. We will see you guys in 2023. Videos are already lined up for release. I have literally spent three weeks worth of my vacation doing long-ass edits. So uh, here's hoping that the YouTube channels of ours uh, start off strong in 2023 before stalling out when I get uh, overburdened with ed editing again. So, <laughs> yeah. Lois, any final, uh, final, final words you want to say before we finally say goodbye for this episode? Uh, Merry Christmas, uh, Merry Hanukkah, uh, Merry Kwanzaa, Happy Holidays, and uh, Happy New Year, guys. See you next year. What Lewis said. See you next year. Essence of Zen After Dark is recorded by and for geeks and nerds alike. The intro and outro songs were provided by ProLeader, who you can find at proleader.bandcamp.com. That is P-R-O-L-E-T-E-R dot bandcamp.com. If you have suggestions for topics you want to see on the show, then feel free to drop by discord.chat slash Essence of Zen and join the community and give us said suggestions. Thank you. I should have gotten like a uh, one of those Christmas caps with a red hat with a white white ball that end up. Are we offline? Yeah. Are we, are we off? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs>